I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Do you have a child that seems impossible to you? Or maybe you're struggling because you've discovered that parenting has way more ups and downs than you anticipated. If so, you're not alone. Today, I'm speaking with Lucille Williams and Monica Welsh, a mother-daughter team that wrote the book, The Impossible Kid, Parenting a Strong-Willed Child with Love and Grace. Lucille is a national speaker and author, and as a pastor's wife, has ministered to couples and families for more than 25 years. Monica has a background in journalism and public relations and is currently a stay-at-home mom who ministers with her pastor husband. Their book is an exceptionally honest and funny account of parenting a strong-willed child. Lucille is the mom, and yes, Monica is the now-grown impossible child. When I sat down with them, we laughed our way through such topics like what a strong-willed child is, how to break free from self-judgment and shame around our kids' behavior, and the benefits of spending one-on-one time with our kids. We also touched on what it looks like to get on the same page with our spouse, which, I have to be honest, I found a little bit humbling. I hope you will be encouraged by this conversation just like I was. And Monica, it is fantastic to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thrilled to be here. Okay, so a question that we ask all of our guests is what is your family known for? I would say laughter. Yeah. We <laughs> joke about everything. Yes. Even in uncomfortable situations where like most people probably wouldn't laugh, we're gonna be the weird family laughing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's us. That's yeah. <laughs> so Monica, you've become an adult. So do you find yourself being known for other things? Have you carried your family's culture on? How have you become yourself? Because I have, I have an older, my oldest is 18. And so now she's kind of forging her own way. And she has really been thinking about like, who do I want to be? And how do I want to present myself to people? And how do I want people to feel when they're around me? So my question to you is, yeah, now that you, you're a grown up, (laughs) (laughs) who do you see? What's your, what's your personal culture? What do you see you becoming? Sure. Love it. I mean, humor, humor that, that hasn't stopped. That's still a big part. Luckily my, my husband's the same way too. We both, we like to laugh, especially like with our kids. We like to laugh. Like the other night I was telling her this story. My son is definitely the, my strong-willed kid. He's my oldest mm-hmm. and uh, he's five right now. And he was mad that I wouldn't let him down from the table during family dinner. So he looks at me, like makes eye contact. We're locked. He grabs his spoon. He reaches over to the side of the table and he just drops it straight to the floor. And he's like, this look like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> me and my husband, we, we're, you know, you're supposed to like, I have to address it. Like, this is an issue, but me and my husband just start laughing. We, I can't help it. I'm, I'm giggling. He's, he's, he's chuckling. Of course we addressed, we addressed Jake, but it was like, you know, l- laughter is still, a, still a big part. It's just, mm-hmm. especially with parenting, it's, it's tough. So to be able to find the humor that kids do, even when it's like, oh, this is very defiant behavior right now, but it's also really funny. And that really kind of helps just smooth things out in the atmosphere and and make things easier. Mm -hmm. 
Sorry, that's my two-year-old. Sorry, that's a little. No, don't be sorry. We have the TV, but but (laughs) apparently. All right, mommy's going to go put you back in your room. Come on. So that's encouraging to hear because, you know, I wonder, you know, like, what is my daughter going to carry on with her into her adulthood, into the choices that she makes for a spouse? You know, maybe, maybe we can talk offline a little bit about that. Like, what have you found? Like, how is like, you know, I just have all the questions, but to see them carry the culture forward is really exciting for me. And so that's why I'm curious about that. Like, you know, we, we do all this work to create an atmosphere in our home for our children. And we want to know that it sticks. We want to know that our values and beliefs are passed down. And I do love to hear stories of like how that does actually work out. <laughs> we were on the phone, I think it was yesterday, and my little granddaughter is having problems with her eyes. And so Monica has to patch one of her eyes for so many hours every each day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm on the phone with Monica and she's <laughs> trying to get a hold of it, you know, trying to get Allie's attention. And she says, look at me with your one eye. <laughs> <laughs> And I just cracked up. We just laughed. So we, you know, it's it's a trying situation, but we're yeah. making the best of it yeah. and we laugh and she's, you know, ma- making jokes and having fun with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. All right. So let's talk about the book that you guys wrote together called The Impossible Kid. So what is the story behind that? It was actually Monica's idea. Yes, it was. She was getting older and she just one day said, mom, you should write a book about me. She said, you always said I was your most difficult kid. And so you write a chapter. And at the end of each chapter, I'll say what I want to say. And I was like, <laughs> I was Love a teenager. That, yeah. You know, that's she was. teenager's input. That that's when it started. Yeah. When she was a teenager. Yeah. And at wow. first I was like, oh, that's a horrible idea. I just kind of went, okay. And I just, but then I started thinking about it and I went, this is a great idea because I devoured parenting books when I was raising my kids. And I always wondered what would their kids say? Mm -hmm. You know, in a book, you can write whatever you want about your kids and they don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. But when you have your child part of the creation of it and part of the project and they get to contribute and they get to say whatever they want, now you get to hear from the child too. And I always wanted that when I read parenting books. And so I said, this is a, gr-. and I went back to her, I go, you know what? I think it's a great idea. Let's do it. And we, yeah. we started. Yeah. So you're saying that this whole idea started when Monica was a teenager. So were you getting feedback before you launched her? Like was she, or, or that process come afterwards? Like was she in? Go ahead. Yes. And yes. Before, <laughs> yeah. during, and after. <laughs> <laughs> She's always, and she's always been like that anyway. She's got to tell you what she thinks. Like uh-huh. if you think, if she thinks you're doing a bad job, you're going to hear about it <laughs> as a parent. Yeah. I've, I've definitely, now that I'm a parent, I realized you, I've been giving them far too hard of a time when I was younger. Now I get it. <laughs> That's what we all want to hear. <laughs> every mom wants to hear. Just every mom wants to hear true. It's true. Exactly. So every mom out there, take that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love the idea of getting feedback because we do a family retreat every year with our kids and it's sort of like a 360 peer review. And so everybody gets to chime in on what they like most about the family, least about the family. We get to rate one another on certain characteristics and our kids give us legit feedback. Like, and they have helped us see blind spots for sure. And 
you know, some of them are hard to swallow, but for the most part, we're just really excited to hear from them and, and get feedback because we, we want to be the best parents we can be. It's not about letting them run the house as much as it's like, hey, I might be missing something. Is this landing or is it not landing? And am I, am I pushing you away from the direction I want you to go or am I bringing you in? I so that's fantastic. That. I think all families should do that. If I was raising my family again, I'd be like, we're doing this. That yeah. is brilliant. That is <laughs> yeah. great. And we make it a fun, it's a perfect excuse to like, you know, go to a hotel with a pool, even if it's 20 minutes away from the house and, and do the games and get the Starbucks and go mini golf. And so we, we make it fun. Okay. So how do you guys define a strong willed child? I know we've all heard that expression, but what does that mean? I think strong-willed kids, when you're trying to direct them in one way, they want to go the opposite way. And, and when you tell them to do something, I know in, in Monica's case, as soon as you told her to do something, she wanted to do the opposite. And as soon as you told her she couldn't do something, that was the thing she was going to strive to do. And the, the one of the best examples I have is when she was in elementary school and I was picking her up and I had her brothers in the car and we had an appointment and we had to get going. We had to get moving. And she comes to the car real slow. And, and I said, come on, sweetie, we got to go. You know, your brothers have an appointment. She said, well, mom, I forgot something. I said, okay, we'll run, go get it and run and come back really quick. Well, she goes back to her classroom. She comes back and she's just sauntering as slow as she can go. And I'm like, run, run. But no, she wouldn't. She goes slow. So she's in the car. And I said, why didn't you run? She's like, I didn't want to. And I was like, oh, (laughs) at that point, you know, when you've got an impossible kid, you're always got battles coming up. And if you didn't take timeouts, you would just be fighting them continually. Mm -hmm. So at that point I said, okay, I'm just going to let this go for now. I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not going to ruin the rest of my day because she wouldn't run. So we went to the appointment, but that night when her dad got home, he's like, okay, Monica, come on. We're going in the backyard. She's like, why, why, what am I going in the backyard for? And so he made her run with him. He ran with her, but he made her run and he made her run and run until she was good and tired. And while she was running, she was screaming. <laughs> and I mean, our neighbors, who knows what the neighbors were thinking, you know? So he ran her until she was good and tired. He ran with her. And then when they stopped, he looked at her and he said, next time your mom tells you to hurry, you need to hurry. And, and that was it on that yeah. one. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. They were the king and queen of creative punishments. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's fantastic. And did you know you were getting punished as you were running or did, was it at the oh, end? It was that you... clear. Oh yeah. He made it clear while we were out there. <laughs> like, we're going to run. If you don't listen to your mom, we're moving. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's fantastic. And you mentioned earlier, she was, she was your hardest child. So there was mm-hmm. a contrast between your other children. Yes. And I wouldn't say my other ones were easy. I mean, they were hard too. She was just the hardest. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I had difficulty with each one of them for sure. Yeah. Oh yes. We all have, they're all different. Yes. Yes. So in the book, you talk about this parenting myth, which I know a lot of us believe, or we don't want to believe it, but we deep down inside, we think it's true. As long as I do everything right, my kids will turn out okay. So let's talk more about that. Is there any part of the statement that's true? And and then how can we break away from that shame, that self-judgment that comes along with that statement? Oh, that is so such a loaded question. There's so many <laughs> aspects to that. But as moms, as soon as our kids do something, we're thinking, oh, this is my fault. I know this is my fault. Like one thing, all of my kids are very, they tend to be on the 
perfectionistic side, all three of them. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to one of my girlfriends this morning and I'm like, I know that's my fault. <laughs> I know that's my, because all three of them, like, just, just know, they always do their best. They're everything, you know, they just are very, you know, everything is just right. And I know that that came from me. I just know it did. Yeah. But at the same time, they're adults now. So they get to make their own choices. They can go get therapy and they can get help for all the issues I gave them. Um, Cause I know there's many, yeah. But I think as we raise our kids, we see things and we're like, oh, that that was my fault. And you know what? Sometimes it could be. But mm-hmm. really, all any of us are doing is the best that we can. Mm-hmm. And even if we were the perfect parent, we wouldn't be the perfect parent because the perfect parent wouldn't be a good parent. Right. So you just you got to just love yourself through the process and give yourself grace because there is no human that's going to parent perfectly and not make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes on it. But I think the one thing we can do is pick up those mistakes and and own them and apologize when an apology is in order. I think that's the biggest mistake parents make is they don't, they, they do something and then they're, they feel shame about it. And so they just kind of want to throw it under the rug and don't pay attention to it when really they need to bring it out and they need to go to their children or whoever they've offended and say, you know what, my behavior was not okay. And I am sorry. And will you forgive me? And that will help the relationship stay strong. Yeah. And like on the flip side of that, so what, what about the the mom out there who's like, I doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm following the rules or I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm not, but I'm not seeing the results that I want. What kind of encouragement do you have for that? Well, a lot of times while they're growing up, we don't see the fruit of what we're doing. It doesn't happen until later. Mm-hmm. Like all three of my kids are adults. And there are three people that I love to be around and I'm proud of each one of them. And, you know, while I was raising them, like my middle kid, he was a little weird. And my husband and I would look at each other and go, he's a little weird. Yeah, he's definitely a little weird. And today he's an amazing man and father and, and he's a pastor. And he's, I mean, he's probably still a little weird, right? Your brother, but, but <laughs> <laughs> I hope Tim doesn't listen to this. No, he doesn't listen to us. He's Tim's quirky. Tim's fun and quirky, and it, yeah. it he's a children's pastor, so it, his it yeah. really works for his personality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he he's amazing. Yeah. And so you know what we're pouring in, you know, as a mom, what you're pouring in, it does come out. It does. It may not happen that week. It may not happen that year. But one day you are going to see the fruit of what you were pouring into your kids. It's mm-hmm. definitely going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great encouragement. And I've seen that as well. I mean, I feel like there were certain things that it took months or even a year or two for something to click. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is working. <laughs> right. Consistency. You just got to yeah. stay the course, keep doing, you know, keep doing it, keep reinforcing, keep loving, yeah. keep, you know, making the mistake and apologizing, giving grace to them, giving grace to yourself. You know, it, it just, it's unending. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a big fan of spending one-on-one time with my kids. And I know that you talk about that in the book. So I wanted to ask Monica, what are some of the ways that your parents did this with you? And what came out of these moments? What's your perspective on it? Because again, like I know I'm doing this for my kids. I mean, to the point now where they're like, mom, and I'm like, that's it. Lunch this month. When do you want to go? Where do you want to (laughs) go? I know it matters, but they're not exactly verbalizing it to me. So why don't you tell us? from your experience, what that's meant for you and what's come out of those moments. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it started when I was really young. Like one of my first 
one of my favorite memories, in fact, was like when I was five and my dad would, he would take me out on, on little dates and we went and saw Aladdin in theaters and he took me for ice cream afterward. And I, that's still, it's just, it's one of my favorite memories. It's just, it, it, it's something that makes me feel still very endeared toward my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those, and those feelings continue to evolve as, as I age. And then I know, especially during my teenage years, my mom would, you know, she'd pour a cup of a hot cocoa for me and she and I would, would sit and I would tell her about, I would tell her about all the drama that's going on at school and, you know, and, and who, who's dating who, you know, I mean, it's from a four, you know, fourth graders yeah. perspective, but, and who's fighting with who and who's not getting, you know, and, and just kind of dish. But I think what was important was even just doing those at such a young age that when we, me and my siblings, when we got, when we became older, mom and dad were still a safe place to go to, to talk to, to ask advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was established from a really young age. And that's one thing I know I've especially tried to start doing even now with my kids is just, you know, when my daughter comes up and she wants to tell me what happened in the cartoon show, you know, mommy doesn't exactly care, but it's important to her. So it's going to be important to me in that moment. Mm-hmm. She's like, it was so funny. And I was like, that is funny, but I know that this is going to develop into something yeah. later on. And I learned that through my parents. And now I'm like, as a parent, I need to establish at this young age that what they think and what they have to say has value to me. So that when they start talking about, you know, dating and issues and, you know, the really tough life stuff, Mm-hmm. That I still want them to be able to come and talk to me. And that I feel like that starts, that starts now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and I'm finding that as my kids get older, I'm the one who's got to drive that and I've got to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't take it on as rejection. I think that's the hardest part about being a teenage mom is not taking everything personally. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so to maintain, personal. yeah. Yeah. So I really fought to maintain those, those one-on-one dates and things that we established mm-hmm. when they were younger and not let how busy they are, their friendship, the school dances, all the things that they get busy with to prevent us from maintaining those rhythms and those habits. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was with my son having lunch one time and some of his friends were on the other side. It was a window and they could see in. And so they started like talking to him, like through the window and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and then they came in and, and, I'm, and, and then they, they left. And I said, Joe, why don't you go with your friends? Like, it's okay. And he's like, yeah. no mom, this is our time. And I was just so shocked that, cause I was like, you know, when they were on the other side of the window, I go, honey, if you want to go hang out with them, go, like, I will not be offended. And he's like, no, this is our lunchtime. We're, we're hanging out. I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> so it, it got to a point where the kids enjoyed that time as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially if we're treating. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. You got it. Yeah. You got to treat. If you don't treat, forget about it. <laughs> Okay, so you have a chapter that's dedicated to breaking the cycle of family dysfunction. Let's talk more about that. How do we recognize a poor family culture and then break away to create a new one? I'd love to hear from both of you on this one. Oh, so much. (laughs) My husband and I both came from very difficult backgrounds. So our kids got to watch us unpack our baggage throughout their childhood. And even now we're continuing to work through things. And there's times where my husband and I both have gone back to our kids and said, you know what? I was remembering, you know, when such and such happened and I'm sorry, that that was jacked up and I could have handled that better. And they're very, very gracious 
But I I want to let Monica say, because she's the one that had to live it. So she probably has a much better perspective of <laughs> things than I do. Because when you're in the mix of that, sometimes you don't see it as clear as you need to. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I, I don't, I, I'm like, do I take this opportunity to dish on the drama? <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much. No, I mean, but that, but that's re- that's true. You guys, you guys have have really just even been more, more. I mean, more honest about and coming to us, and especially in writing the book, we kind of, you know, we had to rehash some of the past a little bit, and mm-hmm. she would remember things one way, and I'd be like, yeah, that was kind of embarrassing for me. Yeah, I'm patting myself on the back like, oh, I did such a good job. And I write my chapter. I'm like, oh, I was such a great mom in this. And then she's like, no, mom, that was so embarrassing. Right. That was horrible for me. And I'm like, oh, no. Right. I it, I, I mean, and I know I know for for me and in, in starting my own family and with my husband and with my kids, I think one thing I really liked is just being able to, like you said, just willing to apologize to your, to your kids when you do something wrong. And I've even had to, I've even had to do that now. Like my, there was one time where my son did not want to take his nap. I'm getting really frustrated. I'm getting up and down. He keeps coming out. He just keeps fighting with me on it. So I finally just get really frustrated. I get down and I'm like, Jacob, if you come out again, I'm throwing away all your toys. (laughs) (laughs) That you're never going to follow. But it upset him and he did actually stay. So then later he comes out of his room and and I'm, I'm sitting there and he comes up to me and he's all, so mommy, are you going to say sorry to me? (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I was like, you know, buddy, I, I, you know, I shouldn't have gotten on you. And so I was going to throw you a chance. I'm I'm sorry. Mommy got so frustrated. And it, you know what? He he was right. It's like I I had to I had to own it. And to, it was funny, but but I think part of it is just like with family dysfunction is is especially in my own family with my husband is just acknowledging mm-hmm. and being honest with yourself about how you are, what you're like, and how you know why are the kids freaking out right now? And my husband, well, why are they freaking out? It's like because we're freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, just learning to be honest and be like, yeah, okay, this is, this is what we've got to work on. Yeah. And Lucille, I think you're spot on when you talked about like recognizing the things from your past that you're bringing into your present and just detaching yourself from them saying like, this isn't what we're going to carry forward. And, and there are things in our past that we have to unpack and let go of and make decisions in the opposite direction, because we can get caught up in that. I mean, even after writing a book with your mom, you still, we, you still, and I still, we all still have to like humble ourselves and say, wow, maybe we're not getting this right, you know, and, and have that open communication with our kids and and being self-aware. And yeah, I think that's so important for sure. Definitely. All right. So what advice do you have for a mom or dad that wants to be a good parent, but it's hard for them to get on the same page? Well, <laughs> to recognize while we're raising our kids mm-hmm. is our kids will probably be married, probably not all of them, but they'll probably be married for more years than they are in our home. Mm. But one of the best gifts we can send our kids kids off with is a mom and dad who loved each other and were supportive of each other and on mm-hmm. the same page. So I think oftentimes it's more important to be agreeable than to fight on different issues. Like for instance, my husband loved giving the kids soda. 
That was like daddy's treat. <laughs> I, on the other hand, was like, I didn't think children should ever drink soda. I thought it was horrible for their bodies. I didn't like giving them. I didn't like bringing into the house. Sometimes we'd have those big leaders and I'd just pour them down the sink. And, but when I would go somewhere, he would give the kids soda. And then he'd say, don't tell your mom. <laughs> and as soon as I got through the door, daddy gave us soda. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, I could get mad at him. But I didn't because that would have been more harmful than soda in their body. Getting mad at my husband for giving my kids soda is going to harm their little bodies more than drinking a soda. So I had to say, you know what? This is this is what dad's going to do. I just had to let him do his thing and let him have fun with his kids. And I knew even if I said, honey, don't give the kids soda, he's going to give the kids soda because that's mm -hmm. dad. That's what dad did. Each one of my children have memories dad take dad taking them for soda and it's some of the best memories that they like wouldn't you say oh yeah yeah oh yeah there was there was one time where he he pulled out waffles and then put ice cream on top <laughs> with awesome. chocolate beer for breakfast and of course it's the weekend mom's not there yep yep <laughs> yeah doesn't ice cream have very similar ingredients to yogurt yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> it's breakfast. <laughs> that was dad. Yeah, that was dad. Dad yeah. liked to have fun with the kids. Yeah. And, and I'm glad they have those memories with their dad. Yeah. So if I was fighting him on the way he wanted to parent, and I know that, you know, food is not everything in parenting and there's other issues that are more important. Mm -hmm. But really, mm -hmm. the most important issue is that you're on the same page and agreeable and not fighting how to about how to raise the kids in front of your kids. Mm -hmm. That's so detrimental for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So what encouragement do you have for parents who find themselves dealing with an impossible kid? I feel like we've talked about a lot of stuff, but we... we, we <laughs> I could use another story or two about your impossible <laughs> child if you're sharing. But no, seriously, like what what encouragement do you have for us? How did how did you navigate it and, and what are your thoughts? Yes, they impossible kids, they are strong. They are leaders. They're the ones that are going to stand up for what's right. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I know during raising Monica, we heard I hate you a lot. We heard, I hate you more than I love you. And not only would we hear, I hate you, she would go in her room, she would put her feet on the wall and bang it, and she would kick the wall and she would scream, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And it could be for something simple as, you know, you're not going to do that, or you can't wear that, or we're not going to buy that for you. It's, yeah. you know, whatever she wanted. And she would just go in and, and scream. And so we didn't take that personal. Well, I remember one time we went in and we just looked at her and we both, my husband and I both together went, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And we just started laughing. And then we told her we loved her and we left her room. And <laughs> it's like, but you, you know, we, we recognized that if we could nurture this strong personality, that it was going to turn out amazing. And I'm so happy that that's the case because she is amazing. You know, she's a leader. She's a great mom. She's a great wife. She's a pastor's wife. And, and she has always just been at the, the top of everything. She's always been, you know, excelling at whatever she decides to do. And that's what happens with impossible kids. They stand up, they soar. They're the ones that are the rockers and movers and shakers of the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Monica, do you have any tips? Are you raising any strong-willed kids? Well, any possible kids? <laughs> I know, I think, I think for, for me, having been an impossible kid now having an impossible kid and finally being an, an adult myself doing this, it's like, it, 
I, I ended up, I turned out, I, I feel like I turned out fine. Like it, it's going to be okay. Like I, I know like there's times where I'm so, I'm so frustrated. I'm so at my wits end with my son and he's only five and he's already just, he just wants to butt heads with me half the time. And my husband's like, he is just, he just knows how to get under your skin. I'm like, I know. Cause he's just like me, <laughs> but it's like, but I also know it's like, I, I turned out all right. I'm self-sufficient. I'm okay. And I think that's, that's the one thing with parents is like, you're impossible kid. Like I turned out. Okay. Your kid's going to be okay. There's no, there's no perfect way to raise a child. My parents weren't perfect and I turned out decent. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going crazy. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be all right. And and no matter the the trials and the tribulations, it's like, you just, you don't want to give up. You can't get up. I know my parents didn't give up on me. Mm-hmm. I know I'm working hard not to, not to give up on my kids and to stay present and, and to, to be, to be there. And, and I'm just, I think it's just that at the end, it's just, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Your kids are going to be okay. It's going to work out. Just Mm -hmm. hang in there. Right. And you're going to make mistakes and it's okay to make those mistakes. You're going to have days where you're, you know, I remember one time I was yelling in the car at the kids, shut up. Because everybody was fighting and my son had his Christian rock music blaring and everything got out of control. And all I could do was shut up. I was was losing my mind. And you're going to have those days, you know, you just got to regroup and start over. Yeah. Yeah. And like we mentioned earlier, it has no indication. It shouldn't reflect poorly upon you as a parent. If this happens, it's going to happen and it's okay. Mm -hmm. And our kids are going to make choices that we don't like. Because they, I mean, we all have free choice. God gives us free choice. Our kids have free choice. It's called grace. We're saved Mm -hmm. by grace. And no matter how perfect you do things, your kids are still going to make choices sometimes that you're not going to agree with. And I think the best thing a parent can do is just love their children through the choices that you don't agree with. That's good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being with me today. This is fantastic. Thank you for having us. They are so fun and wise, don't you think? You can find Lucille at www.lucez.com and she's on Instagram as the Lou Williams. I'll link to all of that and where you can find their book in the show notes. If you want to dig deeper into what we talk about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women and we practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.